This is Chuck Carlson of We Hold These Truths, and we're presenting our Speak Out program tonight, which is entitled Enemies of the State. Our speaker tonight will be Craig Hansen, who's going to give us a report on the annual meeting of a huge organization called the American-Israeli Public Affairs Committee. This meeting was in Washington, D.C. on March 2 and 3, uh, the day before the Democrat convention took place on what was called Super Tuesday. Well, Craig is the West Coast director of We Host These Truths activities. He has uh, organized uh, many uh, vigils at churches in California. Uh, he's a frequent speaker on our programs and uh, is considered one of our directors. Um, these programs in California uh, that he's conducted are called vigils. Um, Craig always carries a strong Christian message wherever he goes. And we're proud to have him with us tonight to tell us about the significance of the Israeli American-Israeli Public Affairs Committee meeting, which he has studied, and it's called, of course, APAC, for short. And um, dozens of speakers were there, uh, almost amazing number of speakers at this two-day meeting. Several were representatives of our president and of candidates running for president, uh, all of whom talked uh, to the APAC crowd, which Craig will describe to us. You'll fill us in on the significance of what went on there and why he calls his talk enemies of the state. Greg, uh, you always teach us, so do it again. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, thank, thanks, Chuck. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, you know, I, I didn't check my uh, blood pressure before and after watching APAC. I, I, I really should have. That, that could have been a sidebar to our talk tonight. But, you know, I, I chose the title for this week's uh, We Hold These Truths Speak Out as uh, Enemies of the State after watching the speeches of Vice President Mike Pence and the Secretary of State, uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo at the uh, recent APAC convention. Um you know, and that's you. You went over some of the some of the people that are were there. You just just go to APAC, you know, dot com, or, and you can just see the the laundry list. It's anybody who's who's the who's who of Washington D.C. Uh, political establishment. You know, uh, they they are there to to speak. Um, and why I think it's going to become obvious why I said enemies of the state because basically, you, me, and anybody who speaks out against Zionism, we are now enemies of the state. And so uh, this is only going to get worse. This, I think this is one of the first salvo shots of, of the, uh, of the hard, hard right Israeli firsters that uh, toward, towards us, and we're going to see more um, control and constriction uh, to our, our free speech. But anyway, let me just keep on going. Um, like you mentioned, Chuck, APAC stands for American Israel Public Affairs Committee, and this is from their website, and it says, the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee is a lobbying group that advocates pro-Israel policies to the Congress and executive branch of the United States, end quote. That's right, that's right on their website. 
And I, I really think if you to to spell it properly, it should be an Israeli political action committee. That's that's what it is. That's it is. It's a political action committee. It's not a public affairs committee. Like we're just oh, we're just going to learn learn about public affairs. And isn't isn't this really nice? No, it's a political action committee that is is tr bending bending politicians to their will. Um, and what's really interesting is I I think it should be forced to be registered as a foreign agent under the uh, Foreign Agents Registration Act. And this this act is called FARA. F A R A. Uh, it was enacted in 1938, and FARA requires a certain agents of foreign principles who are engaged in public disclosure in public or political activities or other activities specified under the statute to make periodic public disclosure of their relationship with the foreign principle, as well as activities, receipts, and disbursements in support of those activities. Disclosure of the required information facilitates evaluation by the government and the American people of the activities of such persons in light of their functions as foreign agents. Okay, that's that's off the um, State, Department of State uh, Foreign Agents Registration Act uh, webpage. And it's the, the part that I really loved about that is that they have to make known a public disclosure uh, of the receipts and disbursements, where the money's coming in, where it's going out, what they're doing. But it's really interesting that APAC, they fought off many challenges to be registered as for a foreign agent. And the interesting, the first one was under the Eisenhower administration in 1950s, and then, and also in 1962, when uh, Attorney General Robert uh, F. Kennedy, he also tried to get uh, uh, APAC. In that time, it was called the American Zionist Council, but it, it was what APAC uh, rolled into. But at so there's two attempts, one in the 50s and one in the 60, 1962, to get APAC registered as a foreign agent, because that is indeed is what they are. They are a foreign agent representing Israel, trying to gain influence over our political system. Hmm. Have we heard something about foreign political interference? You know, the big deal about the Russians, but, you know, Israel's been doing this, you know, basically since their statehood. Anyway, uh, to continue, so we've got the 50s and 62, and then uh, they, they, they changed their name, but also in 1988 and in 2005, uh, they, were, they were challenged again to, to, uh, to have to register as a foreign agent. But with the power and the might that APAC has, nothing ever came of it. So they're still going on as the Public Affairs Committee. Um, what I would like to focus on tonight are the comments made by Vice President Pence and Secretary of State Pompeo, because most, both of those guys, both Pence and Pompeo, made it very clear that if you or I oppose the atheistic, secular, racist, apartheid state of Israel, they say we are anti-Semitic and are in violation of the State Department regulations. And I'll, I'm going to give some of the quotes uh, from the speech. And you know, by the way, uh, these speeches... They can be found uh, either on C-SPAN, you can, you, can, you can watch them then, uh, or the whitehouse.gov website. You can, you can go there and find uh, the speech of, of Mike Pence off the uh, 
whitehouse.gov website. Okay, so here's first. The first is the quote from Mike Pence. And I really encourage you to go, if you can, if you can stomach it, uh, go and watch it because it is so clear that this is this man is on a mission. Uh, he is so hardcore Zionist. Uh, he makes no distinction between um, what God's God's telling him to do and the ch children of Israel. Uh, my faith, you know, it's I'm I'm doing this because of my faith, and it's it's he's he's hardcore Zionist. Anyway, this is the quote. But now, my friends, we've reached a faithful. Excuse me, I'll try it again. But now, my friends, we've reached a fateful moment in our history, all over the world. Anti-Semitism is on the rise, on college campuses, in the marketplace, even in the halls of Congress. Anti-Semitism is a unique hatred, uniquely potent, persistent, uniquely responsible for unconscionable acts of violence, which is why we must root anti-Semitism out from every part of our society. It's not just a threat to Jewish Americans and Jews around the world. It is a threat to us all. Applause, 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 and cheers. But, and this is continuing, but like the vile ideology that is anti-Semitism, it has changed form in recent days. No longer does it give vent to hatred of the Jewish religion or hatred of the Jewish people on every occasion. It now often propagates as simply hatred of the state of Israel. So let me be clear about one point. It is the position of the United States government that anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. Applause, 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 applause. So that's that's the little piece from, from Pence. So what does the State Department actually say? You know, because he's saying it's if you criticize Israel, you're in violation of the State Department, and it's, it's a position of the government. Well, the Department of State has used a working definition along with examples of anti-Semitism since uh, 2010. And on, um, on May 26th of 2016, the 31 member states of, now listen to this organization, it's the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. Okay, that's the name of a group that's defining what anti-Semitism is, okay, in which the United States is a member, and they adopted a non-legally binding working definition. So in their document, it says non-legally binding of, of what anti-Semitism is, and this was done in, in Bucharest, uh, Hungary. Okay, this definition is consistent with and builds upon information contained in the 2010 State Department definition. As a member of IHRA, the United States now uses this working definition and has encouraged other governments and international organizations to use it as well. So here's the definition, and they're putting it out to everybody. So uh, here's examples. This is from the actual website of the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. This is some of the examples they use for anti-Semitism. Accusing the Jews as a people or Israel as a state of inventing or exaggerating the Holocaust. I have to just say right there, a great, great book to read is called The, the Holocaust Industry. And it's, uh, if you even question the, the six million number or whatever, if you question anything about it, 
you're going to get labeled as an anti-Semite. In fact, in Germany, you can end up like Hertz, or, um, you know, Ernst Zundel. You know, you end up dying in prison and because because of uh, the the speech. Anyway, back back on uh, another another one example of the uh, uh, anti-Semitism uh, is denying the Jewish people their right to self-determination. Example by claiming the existence of the state of Israel is a racist endeavor. Oh, so if you if you deny the Jews self-determination, you're anti-Semitic, but if you deny the Palestinians a right of self-determination, what are you then? And they're Semitic, so are, are you anti-Semite, Semite, or I, I don't know. But it's, it's, anyway, I'll keep going here. Um, number number three of their examples, using the symbols and images associated with classic anti-Semitism. Example, claims of Jews killing Jesus or blood libel to characterize Israel or Israelis. So if my Bible says the Jews murdered Christ and I say I'm reading my Bible, is, is the Bible now an anti-Semitic book because that's what the Bible says? Okay. Okay. Um, Another example they use, drawing comparisons of contemporary Israeli policy to that of the Nazis. Hmm. Gaza is a, is a ghetto uh, run, little, little cemetery, killing, killing uh, innocent people, uh, uprooting them from their lands. Is there any comparison there? But if you make that comparison, you're anti-Semitic. And um, the last example, anti-Semitic acts are criminal when they are so defined by law. So all it takes is to take this working definition, put it into a law, like we're seeing these anti-BDS laws uh, coming, coming around the country. And so if you support BDS, now you're an, you're an anti-Semite because it's, it's, it's already codified into law. Okay, so, so what happens with all this? Well, if you equate anti-Zionism with anti-Semitism and apply existing laws against anti-Semitism to anti-Zionism, voila, no more criticism of Israel, right? Because if you open your mouth, you're going to be guilty of anti-Semitism. So effectively, it, it, it just stops and stifles uh, the free speech that's guaranteed in our, our Constitution, First Amendment, which says, Congress shall make no law, no law, respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of people to peacefully assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. That's the First Amendment. And this, this also from uh, Vice President Pence. Quote, and President Trump has repeatedly done what no American president before him has had the courage to do, like when he recognized Israel's sovereignty of the Golan Heights. Applause, applause. Like when he rejected half a century of peace process dogma and proclaimed that Israeli civilian settlements in the West Bank are not illegal. Applause, applause, applause. I'm going to get into the illegal settlements a little bit later, but you kind of you kind of see where this is going. And this Leaving Pence behind for right now, I would go to Mike Pompeo. And this, the people, if you just listen, it's the same over and over again. Undying support for Israel, bipartisan, dot, dot, dot. It just goes on and on and on. It's just different face, same message. 
Okay, this is from Mike Pompeo, our Secretary of State. Because religious freedom sits at the core of our funding, founding, it is, our, it is in our Bill of Rights as the very first freedom, which I just read, the central freedom that all others who enjoy here in America are, are built. And it is because I am a champion of that religious freedom that I am here today to tell you the United States stands with the Jewish people and Israel in the fight against the world's oldest bigotry. Clap, clap, clap. This bigotry is taking on an insidious new form in the guise of anti-Semitism. It has infested college campuses in the form of the BDS movement. It is discussed in our media, supported by some members of Congress. I suspect many of whom are not here tonight. Laughter. Don't get me wrong. Criticizing Israel's policies is something you have a right to do. Really? But criticizing the very right for Israel to exist is not acceptable. Anti-Zionism anti -Zionism denies the very legitimacy of the Israeli state and of the Jewish people. Does it? Uh, Zionism reflects the determination of the Jews to live as free people in their ancestral homeland. It grows out of the Jewish faith. Zionism was born in the Old Testament, crystallized in the 19th century under Theodore Herzl, and was crystallized again in 1948 with the establishment of the modern state of Israel. And yet today, only one country of the 192 United Nations has its right to exist, routinely, routinely questioned. So, friends, let me go on record. Anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. Cheers and applause. We live in dangerous times. We have to speak the truth. Anti-Semitism should and must be rejected by all decent people. Anti-Semitism, anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism, and any nation that espouses anti-Semitism, like Iran, must be confronted. We must defend the right for a homeland of the Jewish people. We must see to it that the old dreams of Moses, of Herzl, of Americans Poet Laureate, Laureate Emma Lazarus, who wrote the words inscribed in our Statue of Liberty, never fade. And as Secretary of State and as a Christian, I am proud to lead American diplomacy to support Israel's right to defend itself, and I am proud to stand with the Jewish people and to champion the cause of religious liberty in Israel and in America. Applause, cheers, and applause. Okay. That's it from those two guys. I've I've got more. Check. It. Go ahead. Ask some questions. We'll just uh, see where, see where you want to want to go with this. Okay. Um, first, I'd like to ask, um, what was there any discussion of the American presidential elections that went on uh, at the at the APAC meetings? What did they have to say about, for instance, the uh, candidacy uh, in the Democrat Party? of Bernie Sanders, uh, was his name mentioned or? Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> is, about that? And then uh, let's see if I can, I've, I've got a quote here, somebody, I can find it on the screen here. But um, yes, he was, he was spoken, and which is really interesting because he lived in Israel, he is Jewish, and he, he boycotted uh, APAC. And let's see, uh, I don't know if I can find it here. Uh, uh, what did I do with it? Um, yeah, but he he uh he he's uh Bernie has been pretty vocal about uh, uh APAC and he, he calls he calls him a racist 
and uh, it's just and not not condu conducive to peace. Uh, if you just do a Google search on Bernie Sanders APAC, yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty potent. You know what what he's what he said about that. Um, so uh, yeah, he, he refused to come to the APAC meeting, did he not? Yes, yes, he uh, yes he did. He stated as his reason that uh, that. They denied the Palestinian people of their rights, their human rights. They have to life, liberty, and so on. Exactly, exactly. Um, ask them more questions, and I'll, I'll get into some of what David Friedman, who who is our ambassador to Israel, uh, what he had to say. But go, go, if you have any other questions, go go ahead and ask ask away. Well, um, yeah, um, the the election of the. The primary election called Super Tuesday took place the day after the APAC meeting on uh, the 4th, yeah. I believe, 4th of March. And at that meeting, there was a whole overwhelming charge uh, against uh, Bernie Sanders' candidacy. Oh, yes. And, uh, and it, it appears that uh, the, the entire Democratic machine has, was suddenly organized to defeat him, to keep him from getting electors yeah I, I really I really think what we're seeing is um, it's the the first ballot because Bernie's not going to get enough uh, votes for the first ballot and so uh, by Kobachar and Buttigieg uh, going going out throwing their support to Biden uh, it's going to, neither one of them are going to get the 1991 or whatever it takes to, to win on the first ballot then that opens up the whole Super delegate thing, which is about as undemocratic as you could possibly get, and then we'll see where it goes. You know, will it all go to Biden? Will Hillary step up? Will Michelle Obama step up, or will Chuck Carlson step up? You know, who's who's going to be the, the Democratic nominee? We don't we don't know, but I I think it's going to be a uh, it's 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 the fix is in, uh, the fix is in, and, and of course you know Tulsi Gabbard you know did not get any press at all because she she is pro-peace she's the anti-war machine and you know she she did not even get to uh first base with any any of the uh, media but hey i i did find uh what bernie bernie said uh uh let's see here he's uh, bernie's been an outspoken critic of the israel treatment of palestinians and derided prime minister benjamin netanyahu as quote a racist during the democratic debate in december quote the Israeli people have the right to live in peace and security. So do the Palestinian people. I remain concerned about the platform APAC provides for leaders who expect, express bigotry and oppose basic Palestinian rights. For that reason, I will not attend their conference. As president, I will support the rights of both Israelis and Palestinians and do everything possible to bring peace and security to the region. So there, there it is. That's that's what Bernie had to say. Well, uh, this resulted in open condemnation. Of oh, absolutely. Bernie Sanders. So yes, very easily say that this is an official uh, Israeli government operation. That's come right into our elections and our uh, our tampering with our presidential elections. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question. And, and, and why why people, well, people see it, but the media is controlled by the same people that want th this whole thing to go on. So it's it's not it's not going to, it's, it's people like us and, and if, uh, other uh, independent sources that can can look into this and, and see what's going on. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, the best example of this is 
the candidacies of billionaire or multimillionaire, oh. whatever, Michael Bloomberg, uh, who is a prominent uh, uh, candidate uh, in the Democrat Party, even though he is a uh, industrial uh, magnet in New York State and the former mayor of New York City. Uh, and uh, he joined the race just before the uh, before the uh, uh, Super Tuesday event, and uh, spent uh, unfathomable <laughs> amount of money uh, defeating Bernie Sanders. He happens to be Jewish. He happens to be very prominent yes. in APAC and in mm -hmm. the other Jewish organizations. And he essentially came in and organized a campaign that he funded himself with literally hundreds of millions of dollars, a hundred million plus dollars, I understand. Yeah, well, it was interesting, Chuck. I just heard today that uh, Bloomberg spent $5 per vote. That's that's what he, he spent, was, was $5 per vote to, to get that. <laughs> so what we have here is we have a powerful influence going on uh, within our uh, in our own government, controlling, uh, controlling and influencing elections, um, in the name of uh, uh, in the name of uh, civil rights of the Israeli people, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so um, I, I, I want to make another observation: um, the uh, uh, the number of mercenaries, U U.S. military mercenaries, fighting. <clears throat> on the side of the U.S. government or participating in military acts on the side of the U.S. government in the Middle East is something like 20,000 troops. Mm -hmm. uh, these, these men are not even known to be on our, uh, on the, they're not on the payroll of the United States government. Mm -hmm. They're on the payroll of private uh, fighting organizations, killing organizations mm -hmm. uh, that, are, uh, that, are, uh, that are known as contractors. And so you hear the word contractors. Uh, recently, um, the, uh, the, uh, the Iranian government dropped a bomb on a U.S. military base in Iraq and killed four people. And the news came out and said that all four of the people killed were contractors. So they weren't mm -hmm. United States uh, military men. They were essentially private contractors or mercenary killers, put it another way working for a contracting company that the American people know nothing about. Mm -hmm. uh, so not only do we have APAC coming in here and trying to influence our elections, but at the same time, we have our government hiring military contractors with tens of thousands of, of, of people hired, some of whom are not even Americans, and they're carrying out military operations in all the places where uh, we have uh, they're carrying out paramilitary operations mm -hmm. in all the places where uh, where we have these so-called wars going on, these killing operations that are not thought of as wars. How does APAC stand on things like that? Uh, this is well, another secret, just like the secret that APAC is participating in our elections. Yeah. The, the interesting thing, Chuck, on that, when you were talking about a bomb, when the um, assassination of uh, Soleimani uh, got mentioned and it got mentioned through many different speeches. The, the the crowd went wild. You know, it's this it's like this bloodlust. You know, any any enemy of Israel is my enemy, uh, and it's, it's 
it's definitely not a peace organization. It is defending Israel at all costs. Uh, before we run out of time, I'd like to get a couple points uh, from what David Friedman has to say, because it was the, 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 the Trump peace plan was David Friedman, the ambassador to the UN, or Israel, our, our ambassador to Israel, uh, Jared Kushner and, and Greenblatt. Greenblatt. You know, those those three guys put this plan together, and so they did. That did come up a little bit, but uh, I definitely you can find uh, uh, Friedman's speech on YouTube. You can just type in uh, David Freeman at APAC, and you get his twenty-two minute speech. And the, a couple things, you know, it's how we how we do this. We hold these truths. We start pulling start pulling threads. Where does where does this go? Where does this go? And it just you just follow follow the lead back, um, and that's why we we believe what we believe, what the Bible says, and and how the nation of Israel is a, is a repudiation of God's judgment on Israel in, in seventy A.D. And you know God was done with the, the nation of Israel, and so this this thing that's over there in in. The, Middle East is it's got does not have God's blessing on it. It's a total man-made atheistic uh, operation. But anyway, uh, I'm going to go to a couple things. What uh, Freeman said, talking about the the uh, the peace plan, he said uh, uh, that um, uh, goes back to <laughs> I hear that chair. Uh, Trump recognized Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights. What gives what gives Trump that power to recognize Israel's sovereignty, like so what? And and, and Friedman and also uh, Greenblatt and there was two or three others that said the settlements, the Israeli settlements in the West Bank are not illegal. And it goes back and uh, UN Resolution 2334, which the United States did not veto, and that was under, I guess, under the Obama administration, which basically said that these uh, Israeli settlements are illegal in the West Bank. We didn't veto it, and of course, uh, the, the whole Jewish community were all upset about that. But when these, when um, Friedman is talking about the peace plan, listen to this: the area they allocate areas based on the size of the population. So, okay, we've taken away, we've 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 shipped out, and um, the all the Palestinians they've been been put in refugee camps and so forth and so on. So the the land size, the land size is going to be based on the population, and they talk about a four-year runway to Palestinian statehood. But listen to this: the territorial integrity of the potential state will be preserved, Chuck. So. Hey, guess what? We've taken away 85% of your country, but guess what? For four years, we're not going to take any more. And if you if you're good boys and girls, you're going to get to keep you know your your 20% of the of the land that we we deem that you should have, you know. And it just it just goes on and on. But uh, I see we're 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 past the 30 minute mark, and I don't want to go long here. But uh, it it's quite a it's quite an a, a event to to watch and to to see these people grovel and the um the i i think she's she's the president of apac or whatever she was talking about how as a child she uh, learned chess and how to outwit the competition and to, about the that as a chess game and it's so interesting that apac can't lose they fund the republicans and they fund the democrats so no matter who wins Israel first. And so, so many times, 
I heard bipartisan support, bipartisan support, bipartisan consensus. They talked about it over and over and over again. So, you know, our tax dollars, which they authorize, goes over to Israel and it comes back through APAC and supports campaigns of people that are going to support Israel that generates the funds that go back to Israel. And politicians, their number one job is to get reelected. And the way you get reelected is you you go to APAC and you you, you do, yes, ma'am, uh, you know, how far, how high do you want me to jump? And they do it. It was one interesting question uh, in a little uh, three, four women were talking. They asked if they saw bipartisan support eroding. And there was a kind of a thing, well, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe it is because they, there's a very strong movement in the Democratic Party that's to say enough of this, that the, this um, Israel first thing is, is not going to last. So I think that's exactly why you're going to see Bernie you know, pushed aside and he's not, he's not going to get anywhere. Anyway. Uh, uh, one thought, um, the uh, uh, Israelis... Um, are influencing our elections. Because, Absolutely. Uh, because uh, in the in the latest election, there was a candidate who said he was not on Israel's side when it came to the uh, when it came to their po policies, practices, and their warring acts against the Palestinian people. And there's another party and the other party who said he's absolutely for everything the state of Israel does. And uh, Israel just went in and manipulated uh, in within the uh, Democrat party to make sure that Bernie Sanders, the guy who was stated he was, uh, he had questions about Israel could not be elected. Mm -hmm. uh, and as you say, uh, we're going to have a walk-in now by, uh, by president, uh, the current president, uh, who basically has uh, stated that he will support Israel in every way, including yes. the ways you've mentioned. So we have a manipulation going on of our very, our presidential politics. Um, Mike Pompeo closed his statement by saying, all men are made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. What do you think that statement means to an Israeli? <laughs> well, it's like all men are created equal, but some are just more equal. You know, <laughs> that's that's kind of how it, it, it comes across with with the uh, the Talmudic Judaism. So that's that's a whole nother issue. But uh, anyway, uh Chuck, I want to thank you for the opportunity to pr present this, uh, and hopefully I can take a deep breath. My blood pressure will come down a little bit after uh, listening to this. But it is it is just so sad because there's so much that never gets exposed. You know, like the the attack on the USS Liberty in the in, during the Six Day War, the the Darshin massacre by the uh, the Zionist terrorists in 19, 1948, 47, you know, they, all of those things never get discussed that, uh, and you, you have to pull the thread back to what formed, you know, Zionism, where it is today and how it got to be the, where, where it is today. And, you know, it is the control of our government, uh, which is, we need to take it back. Thank you, Craig. Uh, you've been listening to Craig Hansen of We Hold These Truths talking about the uh, the the uh, annual meeting of the American-Israeli Public Affairs Committee in Washington, D.C., the day before the election uh, that took place uh, on Super Tuesday. Uh, and uh, thank you, Craig, for very much for this very thoughtful presentation, very thorough. Uh, we know that it will be very helpful for our people. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening.
This is Chuck Carlson signing off. Good night.